Hi, I'm Carmel Ecker, and I'm here with my co-host, Lindsay Carlson, and you are listening to Single and Mighty. Yeah, and today we are sharing an interview we did with our friend Lynn Tickner, and Lynn Tickner is a single parent who didn't become a single parent until late in her married life. Yeah. And I love Lynn's story because actually I just enjoyed really talking to Lynn. She has this really beautiful energy about her and she has so much wisdom to share from her journey, both within her relationship, the transition out of it, and now in her beautiful new life uh, where she is an entrepreneur, she's built this beautiful home, and she's just, I've just really enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. And life just gets more and more exciting for Lynn. So I think this is a good one for those of us who may think the ship has sailed and it's a little bit late in life to make a big change. It's never too late to create a better story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm excited to share this and uh, let's get into it. We thought your story was really great because I think a lot of people stay in relationships that they don't necessarily want to be in for a really long time. So I think it's a really great story to tell. Carmel, did you want to kick it off with a big question? Sure. I'll kick it off with the big question. So one of the things that we really want to do with this podcast is to inspire people with stories and really give people a chance to, you know, connect with you a little bit by hearing your story. So our first question is, what is the story that you'd love to share with the people who are listening? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's really fun to be here. Um, And my story is a little bit different, but I think everybody's is really, you know, everybody has their own story, their own season of life where they become single or however that happens. Um, So I was married um, at age 24 and I was married for 28 years. And so that's a pretty doggone long time. And two amazing kids, um, a boy and a girl. And I homeschooled them before kids. I was a public school teacher. So education is definitely my background. And I just, I guess, you know, my story of becoming single is a very long one. (laughs) I know one thing you guys mentioned is getting bad advice and good advice. I got a lot of bad advice when I was young, a lot of bad advice. And I took it because some of that advice was coming from people that I really respected. And I kind of, I just changed over time from the real me who is back big time and even better than before at this point, I think, but I changed. My personality changed. I was squashed in a lot of ways. I was under things that I should not have been under that weren't fair, that weren't right. You know, there's injustice that went on. I'm a very positive person. I'm a caretaker. I love taking care of people. And I kind of just kept thinking, you know, I kept listening to bad advice and I kept thinking, it'll get better, you know, and I just stayed super hopeful because I'm a hopeful person. And so I just thought, well, if I just pray harder, you know, if I do these things and I do this and I do that, things will get better. You know, everyone, no matter what kind of marriage or relationship relationship they're in has 
cycles. Everybody goes through cycles and you can have healthy cycles. It's all good, but you can also have unhealthy cycles. I did not really recognize how unhealthy the cycle I was in was in because that was my reality. And I got used to it for so long. I just thought, well, this is just life, you know, and I would listen to people say, well, marriage is hard. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm from the Midwest and I grew up with just a sort of a pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality and work hard. So I thought, well, I can do this. I'm just going to work hard at it. And if it's hard, it's hard. I can deal with it, you know? And so I just stayed in a place way longer than I should have. But when the season was right and the time was right, I knew it was right. And for me, it was just reaching that point of, I I had had kind of a revelation. My world was very small. That's the context. My world was very small as a homeschool mom. And I mean, I had wonderful friends. That's one huge piece of advice. Get yourself a group of people that love you no matter what and will be in your corner. So that was really my saving grace all these years. And I'm still great friends with these ladies that are amazing. They were very patient with me. Um, And that's great advice, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you (laughs) just have to have people that love you unconditionally, you know, no matter what decisions you make, even if they're bad ones, they still love you and support Mm -hmm. you. That's what I had. So super grateful for that. But during that time, I think because my world was small, I had my friends, I had my church, I had, you know, my kids and homeschool and friends, but I just didn't get out there in the world that much. You know what I mean? And so I took a trip, which was sort of a businessy trip, even though I wasn't really working, I was doing some things on the side to try to make ends meet because um, the person I was married to just had never really provided. So it was always on me to be the provider, even as a homeschool mom, stay at home mom, all that kind of stuff. And again, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do this. So I just kind of went with it. And I went on this trip and the trip was a revelation because it was like, I was out there in the world. It was just a wake up call for me. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, my twenties are gone. My thirties are gone. My forties are gone. Do I want my fifties to be gone too? Do I want to do this until I'm 80? And it was just like, okay, I'm done. And I just knew it. Like the time was right. And I just kind of moved forward on becoming single. So amazing. It gives me goosebumps to hear you say that because it's so true. A lot of women and men, they stay in these dead end relationships Mm -hmm. that drag them down and make them smaller, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And for you to realize it is amazing. Yeah. You know, I'm 54. I'm going to turn 55 this year. And my fifties have been like the absolute best decade of my life. Oh my gosh. So fun. So if you're not there yet, just don't be afraid of getting older. It's wonderful because you do kind of learn some things, you know, what would, what would some of the things that you've learned be? (laughs) Uh, Give yourself grace. One of my dearest friends, she says things to me. And then I always tell her, I heard your voice in my head today. Because because <laughs> things that she says resonate with me and I'll hear them, you know, one thing I always hear her, she's just so sweet and so cute. She's always like, there's grace for that. She says that no matter what, there's grace for that. So I hear her voice in my head saying, there's grace for that. So yeah, that's a great piece of advice is like, you're going to mess up as you're trying to navigate whatever difficult situation you're in, you're going to mess up and you're going to probably make some bad decisions, but you know what? There's grace for that. And, and so that's, that's so a huge, huge, you know, revelation, I think for me and for other people, because we tend to beat ourselves up, especially if you are in a situation where you are under 
some sort of abuse, whatever kind it is. If you're receiving whatever message that is, you tend to give that message back to yourself. That's just sort of, we sort of automatically do that. And so if we're getting, you know, verbal abuse, then we can kind of feel like, oh, I deserve this and even start kind of speaking mean words to ourselves when in fact we should be speaking very kindly to ourselves. And so I think that's the first thing is just be kind to yourself, give yourself grace. And something else, I think for me, this was big is I had to recognize my own patterns of responding in different situations. If something really horrible happened, which it did on occasion, then I would isolate myself because that was, I would just sort of, you know, just kind of suck into myself in every way emotionally. I mean, my emotions went dead, just like, I just did not feel anything. And it was just my way of, of surviving. Really. Everybody's got their own little survival mode. That's what I did. I'm not mad at myself for doing that, but I recognize now that was a really bad pattern. Thankfully I had friends who loved me and I gave them permission to call me out when I started isolating myself. And so that's another thing is get some friends that will love you enough to tell you the truth. And, but you have to give them permission. You know, if you don't hear from me for a couple of days, please call, (laughs) please come over, you know, or whatever. And so, you know, you've got to have those people that will love on you and help you recognize your patterns. And when you do recognize your patterns, you have to, whatever it takes. And again, everybody's different, but for me, I'm very visual. So I always think about things in pictures. And so I knew how I would respond in a certain situation. And I had to literally just sort of see myself on a path and then just, okay, everything in me says do this. So therefore I'm going to do the completely opposite thing that I would normally do. And that was gold for me, honestly, is because I found so much freedom in that. Breaking old patterns that aren't working mm-hmm. for you. That's really powerful. One of the things that's really interesting about your story is it's almost like you created a new story for yourself. You set your eyes on a new objective and you took that path. Um, even though there wasn't a clear path, you just kept walking along that path that you had in your imagination. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think you have to have hope, you know, because you can be in a situation where you have no hope. One year I tried to sort of move forward with the divorce. It was the year before I actually did. And I just, I wasn't ready. There was just something about the season. It wasn't quite time. Like I was Mm. revving up for it, but I tried and I just couldn't do it. Like there were just different things that felt impossible. Like, what are you going to, you know, moms don't leave. Well, I had to leave. I had to be the one to leave. And I had to be gone for a year in order to achieve my goal you know, and then what do you do about your house? Well, we've had this house for, you know, 23 years. And it's like, you know, I can't leave my house, you know, all these things, like you just have to do hard things, but you have to get through it. And so I had to, like you said, write a new story. I had to have hope the first year I wasn't ready. And and I felt myself moving into a sense of hopelessness. And I literally said to myself, well, maybe I'll remodel the bathroom. That'll because that'll fix everything. (laughs) I I felt myself sliding back into complacency, which would be another one of my patterns of escape. It's just complacency, acceptance. It is what it is. I'm just going to remodel the bathroom. And then I kind of just had to see that. It's like, no, you're not going to remodel the bathroom. 
you know? There's some really great lessons in that story. One of them is letting go of attachments Mm -hmm. that you had to the life that you had and what was maybe expected of you. Mm -hmm. And also really listening to your inner knowing, your own inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. As you were like, no, it's not quite the right time, but I know it's coming. Mm -hmm. And, And just waiting for that signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause there was a conversation. One of my dear, another dear, wonderful friend. I'm so blessed. I was out in the yard on the phone talking to her. Cause that was the only place I could go to like have a private conversation. And I remember talking to her, this was when it wasn't the right time. And she said to me, she's so like prophetic and she knows me so well and she can speak truth right into me and I take it, you know? And she said, Lynn, you know, you're going to have to give up that house. And I was just like, you know, and I was just crying and, you know, it just wasn't the right time. But I will tell you the next year I was like, house, what house? I don't care about this house. Like literally I was a complete, I was free. I just had to step into my freedom and take it, you know, but it took time. So again, Mm -hmm. grace. (laughs) Yeah. There were steps. Lynn, you have a bigger picture to your house story too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, because I I had to move out and told my significant other the day that it was happening and for different reasons, like, off I go. And so it was a complete surprise. Um, Had got an apartment and, you know, like not too far away, but I had to leave my kids there. And my kids, you know, they're big, you know. So at the time, uh, 19 and 21, I think. So, you know, they, they could handle things. They, they knew what was what. They were totally on board and supportive. So, I mean, they knew, obviously, I'd prepared them for what was going to happen, and they were good with it. But, yeah, I, I moved, you know, from my house that I'd been in ever since, um, uh, well, forever, it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moved into a little one-bedroom apartment, which was super weird because, you know, as moms, we're never by ourselves, And even when the kids are big, they're still your kids. And so, you know, I was still the one that would get the groceries and cook and do all the stuff. And so here I am in this one bedroom apartment, you know, and like, it was just weird and it was bizarre. And, you know, but I had hope that someday I was going to buy a new house, had to sell the first one, deal with all the legal stuff, you know, how that goes. But um, this is a few years later, but I'm sitting in the office of my new house that I was able to build. My daughter lives with me. My son's got his own place now. And it's like I'm living in the happy ending of the story, you know. Mm-hmm. But you had to let go. Like there's that stuff. You had to let go of what was in order to step into what it is. What, what 100%. You wanted. Yeah. yeah. I don't miss yeah. that little house at all. I love my new house. <laughs> it's so much better on the other side. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Lynn, it sounds like a lot of your strength came from inside of you, but also being really transparent and vulnerable with your friends and your good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever like struggle with telling them what was going on behind the scenes or reaching out that way? Do you have tips for women? Cause I know, um, I know this can be a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, thankfully I just, one of my dearest friends, we actually bonded because of the stuff that we were kind of both going through, <laughs> which was similar. And we're kind of like, no way you, yeah. You know, and one of the things we always say is like, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. You don't, you, you never don't, know. you don't. People can come across as like, they've got it all together, Brady Bunch, but Probably they're not, you know, we hope they are, but they might not be. So 
you know, for me, that's not really been a problem because my friends kind of have walked with me through this for so many years and prayed with me and we just kind of slogged through it together. But the piece of advice I would give is don't make up stories in your head about what you think people think about you. If you think, you know, they're going to get tired of hearing this for the 95th time. Don't, don't tell yourself stories about people's attitudes towards you or what they're thinking or how they might feel. If someone is going to feel a certain way about you, then give them permission. You know, you can say, hey, if you're tired of hearing this, please tell me, because otherwise I'm going to tell you probably every day or every other day, I'm going to call you and tell you how I'm feeling, you know, and if they're your real friend, they'll they'll be good with that. But because I fell into, I think, a pattern of different times, just feeling like, you know, putting myself in their shoes. I'm thinking if I were my friend, I would be like so exasperated with me right now, or I would be so tired of hearing this same pattern, you know, after however many years, but I had to realize that's not how they felt. They loved me and they were with me. So go get you some of those people. (laughs) That's amazing advice. I love that. I want to touch on something too that you said a couple of times and this idea of giving other people permission to interact with you in a specific way. And in your case, it was giving them permission to be 100% honest with you mm-hmm. about what they thought of your situation or, yeah. you know, giving them permission to tell you that, hey, you know what, I've heard this a million times maybe you should do something about it or <laughs> what, whatever feedback they might give you. And I think that's so valuable to give the people who love us permission to be totally honest with us mm-hmm. and to question what we're doing or what right. we're saying so that we right. get that outside perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think something too that just popped into my head that's really, really important, especially, you know, hindsight is everything. I I look back at my former self, the old me, and, you know, I I have forgiven myself, which is huge. Like I'm not, I don't blame my younger self for not knowing what she just didn't know at the time and for doing what she had to do and whatever. I'm good with who she was. I'm a different person now, or I'm back to really who I'm supposed to be, I think, but capacity is a huge word for me when I think about all these things. I frame a lot of things in capacity. So I look back at, you know, me at age 30, I did not have the capacity to receive the truth that was already there. I did not have it. And I know that. And so, and my friends understood that. That's what made me think of that. It's like, if you're in a position where you're a friend to someone who's in a rough spot, going through a hard season or whatever, just recognize when you speak truth to them, it, the fact that it's truth is truth. That's not going to change, but you also have to understand someone's capacity to receive that truth. And they may only be able to get 5% of it and that's okay. It'll stick in there and, you know, and then you can just give them a little bit more later. And then if you're the one receiving it, just understand that too, that, that if you can't, you know, you can only receive what you can receive. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can ask God for more, you know, to give you a larger capacity to receive truth, you know? That's yeah. such a big thing. It's like that, that guilt that you can look backwards and you can, you know, beat yourself up over it, or you can have a friend who's in that hard situation and you can see exactly what they need to do. And they're going to just shut down if you try to force it on them. So exactly like 
speaking truth to them, but also mm-hmm. giving them that mm-hmm. grace that you talk about is so, so helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be great to ask for permission to be 100% honest with someone mm-hmm. and they might say no. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Would you like some advice? From no, there. I don't want any advice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just might need somebody to sit with you, you know, and I yeah. had that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy for you. And I'm so happy that you talk about it as though you've grown into the person you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Because I see that inner strength and that power and how you've pulled everything together and you just have the full package now. So it's yeah. such a success story. It's it's beautiful. It is. Yeah. I mean, you get through the hard stuff. You, there's always the other end, you know, that I another piece of advice I got from a friend when I was just starting this whole process is she says, I want you to think in your mind about a year out. Think about a year out. Cause like it was, I was sludging through all kinds of mess and it was hard. Every day was so hard, but she was like, just it's, this is, it's not going to always be this way, you know? And it's good to have hope like that that you can grab onto and look forward to. Yeah. That's a great one. So Lynn, can you tell us a little bit about what you do right now with, with for work and, and how you run your own business? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that was another part of the whole fun story is <clears throat> homeschool mom starts a company having no idea what she was doing. And my company is called Ink and Key. And as a former teacher, I always loved writing and I love teaching children writing. I love to take complicated things and make them simple. And so that kind of led me into doing some copywriting for some marketing companies and just sort of dipping my toe into that. And really all of it was out of necessity, trying to make ends meet and make money. So I started doing some copywriting and then I started getting into naming companies, doing naming contests and found out I could do okay with that. And so I had the idea, why don't I start my own company and do this, you know, and I had some great people that I knew that rallied around me and believed in me. And I just had no idea what I was doing, built the ugliest website you've ever seen, named it and (laughs) went for it. And I now have 18 people on my naming team. I have a web designer, web developer, graphic designer, an assistant that's works a lot. And so I'm able to support myself now fully and my daughter and was able to buy a house with a screened in porch. So yeah, (laughs) so that's what I do. And not just buy a house, but build a house. That's its own special feat. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, so it's really fun. I love doing what I do and the mission of my company is to help people help people. So that's what we try to do. I love it. That's so fun. So Lynn, could you tell us a bit about the program that you've got coming up for businesses? Oh, sure. I'm really, really excited about it. It's called Business Get Going Sprint. And it is a 12 month program for business owners who have been trying to start a business but are stalled out or their idea is kind of half-baked and they just need support to get everything going. And so it's kind of like an all-inclusive personal trainer for your business idea. It's membership and you pay a fee and then you get a community that's going to rally around you. You get your logo, you get your website, you get your brand message, you get your emails, you get all the things that you're going to need to get your business going. And so we build a really strong foundation and you just get support and guidance. So like every single month is a three-step program that you go through. And by the end of the 12 months, you are going and hopefully making money. So I'm really excited about it. We've got a lot of interest. And so you can go to inkandkey.com. 
and find the link there. And when did you start this business? Because I think that's an interesting story in itself. Mm-hmm. In 2016, I was still not single yet and was just, you know, always trying to make ends meet and buy groceries and pay bills and things like that. And so that was where the idea came from. And it was honestly, I I tried to listen to God in my life and I felt like he was telling me to dream big for about a year. And I kept saying, what do you mean? What does that even mean? And I kind of just ignored it and really didn't know. And I finally was like, okay, I guess I'll just build a website for my freelance writing. That's sort of how I started. I thought, well, whatever, you know, that's kind of what it was, but then it just, one thing led to another. And, you know, I, I was just amazed when the first person came to us, you know, and paid us to help her name her company. We were like my team and I, I had a like just team of three or four other people that were helping me with naming. And we were like, oh my gosh, you know, like we were just <laughs> so excited. And then one thing led to another, but you know, I, I love to learn and I think anybody could learn anything. So I just was like, I'm going to read one marketing article every night. And that's what I did. And I just started learning and reading and I just tried to surround myself with people smarter than myself. I love it. That, <laughs> that, that there, I think, is the power of habits, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, I'm going to read one article every night to educate myself to make this a success. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where so much success comes from is in those small habits that people build versus the, the big, huge, grand leaps that that people think they need to take in order to, Mm -hmm. you know, really make it. Yeah. And I think it was important that I just started. There's always more to learn. And, you know, if you don't know that, you better know it. There's always more to learn. (laughs) But then, like, I literally knew nothing. And, but I'm glad that I didn't try to wait forever until I knew lots of stuff. Like, I just jumped in. And I think that's really the best way to do is just learn by doing, you know? Yeah. I love it. Thank you. One of the questions that we want to ask everyone is, you know, how do you celebrate the good things in life now? What do you do for a wonderful celebration when things do go your way? Yeah. um, I've tried hard to not like eat (laughs) to celebrate. (laughs) Even though that's what, that would be my, I would revert to, you know, eating something. Yeah. Chocolate. I do love dark chocolate. And, you know, I do like to enjoy a great meal. I have a significant other in my life now, which is also really fun and kind of hilarious to like date at this age. But yeah, I love spending time with him. And and so we do a lot of fun outdoor activities. And to me, that's a celebration is like go for a big hike, you know, and a fireplace and something cozy to drink. I'm happy, you know. So, yeah. I love it. That's just like the cherry on top of that picture that you've built. Yeah. Yeah. Wild stuff. (laughs) So great. Yeah. Carmel, did you have any more questions for Lynn? There was one that we identified that we haven't asked yet. And that was, you know, the name of this podcast is Single and Mighty. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to know what does the word mighty mean to you? What does it mean to be mighty? Oh, that's a good question. I think mighty can look really different depending on, you know, who you're talking to. I have known the sweetest, like little old ladies. I got to be careful saying old, getting to my age, but I've, you know, <laughs> I've known some just super sweet, you know, ladies like in their 80s 
that are, I would say, this is a mighty woman right here. To me, mighty is wisdom. It's can a lot of times be, you know, quiet strength, you know, just a presence when someone walks into the room and you're just kind of like, whoa, you know, if someone is putting themselves forth as mighty, they're probably not, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, <laughs> to me, I just think of humility, you know, I, I think of these little ladies that are going to have just a huge place in heaven with so many crowns and nobody knows who they are right now because they're in their little house and they're praying for nations and they're bringing pies to their neighbors and they're just being loving and caring. And, you know, those are the people I think that are really mighty, the quiet ones that we don't get the accolades. They're not on TV, you know, they're just, they do what they do and they do it well and they finish well. I think that's part of it too, is like, we all want to finish well, right? That's stunning. That's a beautiful note to end on. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much for being brave and sharing your single parent (laughs) story with us. It's been amazing to hear, just to hear how you made a change later in life than a lot Mm -hmm. of people might think they have to. And you gave up so much to step into something so much bigger for yourself and your kids. It's beautiful. I highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know what? And it's super inspiring. You know, a lot of people stick it out. Cause they're like, Oh, well, I've gotten to this point, you know, what am I going to do? They feel like they're too old or too whatever to start over. Mm-hmm. And, um, you're Mm-mm. never too old to give something new a go. No, no. Everything's brand new. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you must be having so much fun. I love it. I am. I am. I'm having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I go to bed at nine 30, awesome. but I'm having a good time. <laughs> That's just well, smart. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a partier yeah. compared to me. I'm like 8:30. Oh, that's good. That's good. Great. I think this was inspiring and such a great first episode for us to record because I think it's just so like valuable. It's an inspiration to see someone step out of what they've always known and what they've always done. We can get so stuck in our ruts. The older Mm -hmm. we get, the same thing that we've always done becomes what we always do, becomes what we continue to do in our life. And to step out of that is really, really challenging. We're challenging our ideas of um, ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're challenging other people's ideas of who we are. Mm -hmm. There can be so many expectations, especially when you're part of a family, you have kids. Mm -hmm. It can be really, really tough to make that brave decision to step out. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just the journey that you chose is amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I want to hear your stories too. A little, I've heard a little bit of Lindsay's, but yeah, I'll, I'll be tuning in to hear these things. Before you leave, we want to give a big shout out to our friend and musician, Laura Kosh, who wrote our intro slash outro music. Laura is the singer songwriter for the band, the quirks, and you can find them online at the quirks, K W E R K S. Hey, it's Lindsay. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and share it with other single parents in your life. Thanks for listening. Three, two, one.